Hello, everyone, and welcome to Headwise, the video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation, and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. I am excited and honored today because I am here with one of our favorite repeat guests, Dr. Don Buse. Hello, Dr. Buse. How are you doing today? Hello, Dr. Weitzel, and hello to everyone joining us. Well, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Buse is a clinical professor of neurology and a psychologist who specializes in headache. She is so well known in our community and all around the nation. Everyone loves her and we are just honored that she's here. So today we're going to talk about self-care, self-care and migraine, self-care and other headache disorders. And the term self-care is thrown around a lot. But Dr. Buse, can you tell us what self-care actually means, particularly in the setting of migraine or chronic illness? Sure. Well, let's think about things we need to do and things we want to do. Things we need to do. We might be need we might be in school. So we need to do mm-hmm. school work, we need to attend school, or we might have a job where we need to fulfill workplace responsibilities. Um, we might have parenting or other caregiving responsibilities, be it to senior, elderly, or disabled family members. We may be responsible for our pets. These are things we need to do. A lot of these are also going to fall into want to do because a lot of these can bring us pride and and they could be part of our passion and bring us joy. Um, the one let's think about the other things, the, the, the kind of purely kind of enjoyable want to do things or those things that feel like we need to do them to keep ourselves healthy and balanced and fulfilled. So let's think about self-care, might be getting enough good quality sleep. It might be getting enough movement and exercise in our day. It might be eating healthy, staying hydrated, working towards a healthy weight, but it might also be things like enjoyable activities. So it might be something like getting a manicure or pedicure. It might be taking a walk in a, out in nature. It might be enjoying times with friends or quiet time on your own, doing your favorite hobby, doing your favorite activity. Now, something tends to happen that we see both in research and I see in my office as a psychologist. When people live with migraine or another disease that steals away blocks of time Mm -hmm. and you miss out on your responsibilities, I find that once people are past that attack, that they will triage and kind of put themselves into, I must catch up on work, catch up on school, clean my house, care for my family, do my grocery shopping, they kind of put those responsibilities first. And somehow we all have this idea that that feels like the things we should do. Right. And those things in the kind of enjoyable, relaxing, pampering, or even just um, kind of the self, self kind of priorities almost feel like a guilty pleasure. Like mm-hmm. if I was out yesterday with a migraine and I did not get any of my work done or my household responsibilities done or my schoolwork done, I really need to make up on that today. I can't just go out to the lake all day and sit and put my toes in the water and just relax. So we kind of have this guilt or sense of responsibility as well as kind of this impending, I need to get these things done, be they deadlines or responsibilities that others are counting on work, school, um, that we often prioritize very low, last on the list, these things that are 
enjoyable to oneself. And yet mm-hmm. those are really good for our spirits. They're good for keeping up energy and motivation. They're good for keeping our mood and our quality of life better. And we all know that when we have more of those reserves ourselves, we're better able to be there for others, to care for family, to perform at work, to really be our best selves. So in a way, what I'm hoping people might take away from our conversation today is that caring for yourself is important and when you care for yourself you can better care for others you know you can't pour from an empty cup you need to fill up your own reserves so that you can care for everybody else right so when you said that I I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because I was reminded of something that I say when I talk to parent groups especially moms taking care of kids with migraine or especially if they also have migraine And it's that we always talk about that cup analogy, like fill your cup so you can pour when really that doesn't make a ton of sense. We probably shouldn't be pouring. And what we should be doing is filling our cups so that overflows onto our children and people we're taking care of. And I always try to think of it that way. And so I'm so glad you said that because, um, I think that my, when I think about filling so that I'm overflowing onto everyone everyone does better not just me um and 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 I I it changes your whole your whole world and everyone around you when you think of it that way at least in my opinion it does I love that analogy I love that and I bet some listeners are probably resonating with that too you know some people have all sorts of people depending on them. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people listening um, may not have people depending on them. Some people may be single, may not have children or family members depending on them or a partner or spouse. Um, Some people may not be working or not be in school due to migraine or other reasons. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not, you still have the need for caring for yourself and nurturing yourself, which might be... You come out of a migraine attack, you feel washed out and exhausted and you think, oh, I didn't get things done around the house or whatever was on your to-do list. And again, Mm -hmm. you kind of hold yourself up to the standard. Well, it's kind of okay for me to catch up on things, but I'd feel guilty to take time to relax or do a hobby or do something that, that you want to do. Right. And I think many of us, I think it's important because many of us have learn to maybe allow ourselves the type of self-care that we know will help our illness and our migraine disorder, for example, meditation, exercise, eating, right? But we feel very guilty about any type of self-indulgent self-care, what we might consider to be self-indulgent, whether that's getting our hair done or or, or something like that. And so I think it's important um, to maybe discuss that. Why do we feel so, so guilty, Dr. Buse? Um, what, what, what is that about? Is, is that a stigma? Should that fall under stigma? Cause we always talk about migraine stigma. Are we worried about being stigmatized? I think that stigma as a strong factor here, two types of stigma, probably at the same time, one being the internal stigma. I feel mm-hmm. guilty just the way that we are, we are taught Mm -hmm. to always be producing and always be kind of achieving. 
uh, I feel guilty that I should be accomplishing something today. I kind of laid around yesterday, although you were mm-hmm. out with a with a you know painful, debilitating, multi symptom neurologic attack right. on your nervous system. Um, the other kind of stigma might be that external stigma that family colleagues might say, "Oh, well, you're able to miss." school yesterday or work yesterday or not help with chores yesterday but today you're fine to go get your hair done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you might feel that judgment right and I think parents of or guardians of people of of youth with migraine can kind of put them into that bucket on accident as well well you weren't well enough to go to school today or yesterday and now you want to go play with your friends or play a video game or um, go to your sports practice after school or go out to dinner with go to the mall with your friends no if you weren't well enough to go to school you're not well enough to go enjoy yourself well all of us who know migraine and understand migraine all of us who live with it experience it know it know that you actually can be completely well enough now to do x y and z and have not felt well enough 24 hours before 12 hours before six hours before because that's the nature of migraine it's an attack that comes on and eventually it does resolve and so i think youth with migraine will have that same challenge and there you might have parents just saying no you're not going to do those things if you were out sick you missed school you're not doing something else where i would say I understand a balance that 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 young person may need to do some homework or may need to do some of their chores, but we also want to keep their quality of life, their mood, their energy, and we want to help nurture their social connections, especially to adolescents, to teenagers. Social connections are incredibly important. Having a chronic illness pulls away out of that social fabric if they feel well enough to go to their sports game to play with with friends to go out with friends see talk on the phone video chat zoom whatever it is i would encourage that Mm -hmm. now that's a different situation than if we have a real school avoidance that is not due to uh, you know this neurologic attack of migraine different situation and we would talk about different strategies in that situation but we all know what migraine feels like if that was a migraine and the person feels up to it encourage them to have some balance between the schoolwork they need to catch up on or their chores or their homework but also things they enjoy because otherwise their life can become really a life of drudgery either it's school or nothing I think that's so important we've done an entire podcast before around children and adults and making sure you don't feel guilty about your chosen distracting technique, whether that be movies um, for kids. Sometimes it is a video game if that does not trigger uh, them um, because it is self part of self-care is making sure you're doing something that A, distracts you from the pain and B, keeps your mood up and makes you exactly. feel empowered. So um, th- that's something that and we always And the person need. with migraine yeah. will know exactly what it is. The person with migraine will know whether that activity feels good to them or not. Right. Um, And, you know, you and I both have kiddos who have migraine. So I know when my, you know, elementary school age young son wants to go in his room, turn off the lights, be dark, quiet, and put on the cold pack, Mm -hmm. you know, that's migraine because this is a kiddo who is always running active, active, busy, busy. Um, 
But if he were to say, oh, I want to do whatever it was, he's his best judge at that moment. He knows how right. he's feeling. And, you know, maybe it's the way some of us were raised, more traditional, more authoritarian parenting might have been, well, no, you're, you came home early from school, you're going to, you're going to sleep. But I would really encourage, let the person with migraine, be they a youth or an adult, set their own pace. They know how they're feeling. They know what they're up for. And if for them, it would feel good to have some distraction at whatever their phase, they're in the attack. Let them do that. That's that's fine. Like okay. I said, if we get into a school avoidance or work avoidance having to do with other non-migraine or non-medical issues, we can address that in a different way. Right. So let's move into, are there different types of self-care, like physical, emotional, spiritual? Is that something um, that that we should talk about? That's a great way to think about it and probably pulling from all of these different facets of self-care. Um, the physical, like you mentioned, is, is kind of more obvious. It's some of those things we always talk about with migraine, the nervous system does best with enough quality sleep on a regular schedule and a kind of balanced diet and staying hydrated and getting some regular exercise. Um, but what about physically enjoyable things as well? Right. You know, like you said, self-care, getting your hair done, getting mm -hmm. a manicure or pedicure, getting a massage, uh, mm -hmm. taking a nap just for the fun of it, going and sitting, you know, taking a walk in nature, sitting down by, by the water. Mm -hmm. Um, those are all things that also have very important benefits to us as humans, mm -hmm. um, being outside, being in nature, sun, some sunlight, if it doesn't hurt your, your, right. hurt your eyes to see, um, if you don't have photophobia, um, at that moment can all be beneficial. Um, emotional, um, is going to be a lot more about attending to how are you doing? Are you feeling like yourself? Are you mm -hmm. feeling anxious and worried about things all the time, right. you know, to the point of where it's interfering in your well-being might be worth talking to someone about anxiety. Are you feeling down, depressed, hopeless or helpless about the future? Mm -hmm. Do you not enjoy activities you used to enjoy? We call that anhedonia. Those are signs right. of depression. Might be worth talking to someone about depression. Um, other things which are comorbid with migraine do include PTSD, mm -hmm. panic attacks, other types of mental health issues. Very worth kind of checking in with yourself and making sure that you're looking at your emotional and psychological well-being as well as your physical well-being. Okay. And then um, we talked about spiritual and that's going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Are your needs being met there? Is that something that's an important part of your life or would you like it to be an important part of your life? Are you able to participate in the way that you want to? Someone who attends maybe services regularly and can't attend due to mm -hmm. migraine might be missing out. Do you need to think about other ways to bring that into your life? Be it, um, be it kind of an online version, right. an app version, uh, finding ways to connect with people at different times. Mm -hmm. And then there's really a social aspect of life, right. which is a generally a positive thing for people that can become a stressful thing with migraine because people may not be as understanding about not being able to participate, 
coming late to things, leaving early, having to cancel, all that can affect social relationships. So finding people who are understanding, non-judgmental, accepting of who you are and where you are is really important. And having those connections in whatever way is possible for you at the time is really important. Maybe in person, maybe virtual, online. There's so many ways to connect today socially. Right. Um, it's really important. And then just those enjoyable things. What are your hobbies? What what makes you feel comfortable and happy? You know, right. what kind of guilty pleasures do you have? And I think we might all be able to think of something when I say that you need to give yourself permission and make the time to do those things. You need some downtime. We all deserve some rewarding, recharging, enjoyable time. I have to say that it took me years to, um, to focus a on the, the social aspect. I would just stop as many people with migraine do stop scheduling things because I was so tired of, of, canceling on everybody and I didn't prioritize um being social and I also didn't prioritize anything joyful or happy and eventually I did get to the point where I at least would make sure I would watch a movie that would make me laugh um if I was stuck in the house and so I do think we'd have to make sure that we add that into our lives and then my son my small son who has migraine is an extrovert he needs that social social stimulation all the time no matter how bad he's feeling i make sure he has friends over um because there's some people that just really need that a lot and you really need to focus on that um so th these are things that we can't just uh sweep under the rug and i'm so glad that we can talk about them now whereas a few years back we didn't talk about these things related to migraine or right. to or to pain at all so right these are very universal experiences. Mm -hmm. When we've done international studies, like uh, Cameo International, the, the Eurolite European study, the, the AMPP study in the US, we find consistently that people with migraine talk about how it negatively impacts their relationships, their marital mm -hmm. relationships, their parent to child relationships, their friendships. And what might happen is to avoid letting people down, the the, the the kind of frustration and, and difficulty of canceling or changing plans, people stop making plans and life kind of shrinks. It gets smaller and smaller. Right. And as you stop making plans, stop accepting plans, people stop inviting you. They think, oh, maybe she's not going to fill up to it. I don't want to bother her. Maybe she's too busy. Mm. Um, they stop inviting and life gets smaller and smaller right. and it becomes a life of just migraine and then the things you have to do yeah so kind of a migraine plus the the work part of life <clears throat> be that <clears throat> excuse me work school chores whatever the things you have to do that's mm -hmm. not really a fulfilling life right. we need to keep our circle wide remembering all the elements of who we are beyond mm -hmm. just a worker a parent a was a student, someone with migraine. We want to kind of keep also those things that bring us joy, the things we enjoy, things we're learning, things we're exploring, whatever that may be, hobbies, travel, celebration, social. We want to keep all those things as part of our life as well and not feel guilty about doing them. Right. So let's address people who might be listening who are caregivers, whether they're caregivers who also have migraine or they're really, their whole role is taking care of a person with a headache disorder. Um, 
what let's talk about what self-care means for them. Caregiving is a very demanding role, mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, time-wise, and it becomes in that relationship kind of a one direction or imbalanced relationship where because the person with whatever disease or illness or disability, and here we're probably talking about people with migraine, but other, but but there might be people who are caregivers for other reasons as well, um, has needs that the caregiver is constantly focused on caring for someone else right. and often does not have enough time to do. When we go back to need and want, really doesn't have enough time for the want thing. So just gets in the need, the work and the chores and the errands and the all those sorts of administrative things. And caregivers can be really physically and emotionally depleted and exhausted. Right. And here, I like your kind of cup runneth over concept. If you are a caregiver, it is really important that you keep yourself in a better space mm -hmm. as much as possible so that you can keep that energy to care for someone else and keep that motivation and keep your kind of quality of life. But you matter. You matter. Your quality right. of life matters too. Your enjoyment of life. We all only get one life. And life is short and everyone needs to enjoy and get a chance to do the things they want to do, as well as all those things they need to do. So caregivers really, really must prioritize, carve out some time and activities or whatever it is that brings meaning and pleasure to them. They really need that. So let's go into how the people we're caring, everything else in our life, really, the people we're caring for, and then our work, even our pets, um, pretty much everything in our lives benefits from us taking care of ourselves. So if you're having trouble feeling guilty because you're taking care of yourself, maybe focus on how everyone else benefits by you taking mm -hmm. care of yourself. Let's have a little bit of a discussion about that. I like that concept yeah. that we have to really recharge to keep our resiliency. Mm -hmm. And it may mean that some of those things that we're supposed to do kind of slide a little bit. It may mean that the chores or the housework or some of the homework or some of the, the work slides a little bit because we do carve out a little time for something enjoyable or something relaxing. And that's really important. That's an important trade-off. Um, by trying to keep more kind of balance and positivity and things that you enjoy in your own life, um, you're going to remain more resilient, be it both emotionally and physically, and mm -hmm. that makes you better able to help everyone else as well. So that really is important. I really hope that we can kind of flip the thought of feeling guilty to this thought that by caring for yourself, you are doing something important. You are doing right. something you need to do. I wish I could write on a prescription pad for everybody and put on your refrigerator that, you know, these are kind of the doctor's orders here, the psychologist's orders that this is something you need to do. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, that hobby, that enjoyable moment, those enjoyable activities, that is as valuable as the chores and the responsibilities and everything else. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation on self-care before we go today? Well, as we all know, migraine is a chronic illness. So many people live with it for decades of their life. We do know that it tends to get better 
in the more mature years. I won't say mm-hmm. the later years, but later, you know, uh, in life. But it's a long, a long road. Right. Um, with treatments, people can certainly have better, better outcomes and can see improvements, but it's a long road. So you really need to kind of be prepared for this marathon by caring for yourself all the way through and keeping your quality of life as much as possible, as good as possible, keeping your levels of hope and your resilience as strong as possible so that you can continue to live your life to the best that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're a caregiver for someone else, continue to care for someone else the best you can as well as, as getting fulfillment in your life. But it's a longer road, a longer journey. And so it's really important to prioritize now carving out time, carving out space and making a priority time for those activities that you will enjoy and if you're not enjoying them right now activities you usually enjoy that can be a sign of depression worth Mm -hmm. talking to your doctor about there are treatments for depression both talk therapies and medication that can help get you back to feeling a little bit more like yourself again okay Well, thank you so much, Dr. Buse. This was a great conversation. I hope that everyone uh, found something helpful in our conversation today. And thank you everyone for joining us on this week's episode of Headwise, the weekly video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. Bye everyone.